Hi, I'm Felicia. And I'm Ryan. And, and this, this is Imzadi Podcast. And today, what are we doing, babe? Mummy on the Orient Express. Woo! The Peter Capaldi. Choo choo! Yes. Best Doctor Ahoy! <laughs> okay, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Um, why don't you start us off? Um, well, I was just going to start with um, the fact that Capaldi has this thing where he's a bit meta. Like, he will talk to the camera mm-hmm. or just something in the beginning. Um, so, when he says, start the clock, and then we see the um, old woman getting attacked by the mummy slowly yeah. <laughs> over 66 seconds. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty beautiful. Um, we see this in um, Listen. Listen! Right? And um, his, like, box speech. His right? box speech? Yeah. Um, it's like, who who composed... Oh, the bootstrap oh, no, paradox. Oh, Beethoven, Beethoven. Who composed... Who, you know what it was? I thought you were saying box... I was oh, like, when does he do a, bo- a speech with a box? I mean, he kind of like soapboxes I mean, yeah. sometimes, but we love he that He lives guy. in a box. He does live in a box. So, that, he certainly does. He does make he, he speeches is. about He's boxes. He's just a bloke in a box telling stories. <laughs> That's very true. Yes. Yeah, there's loads of meta themes in this. Um, so, something that I really liked about this one um, we're both really big fans of uh, Poirot. Yes, we are. And uh, Agatha's Christie in general. And um, they, as, aside from the obvious, because like they took a lot, of, like they took the Orient Express, obviously. Yeah. You know the classic Poirot mystery. Mm-hmm. But um, in general, in this, there's a really big theme um, about how like the power of stories and like how they influence us. Because yeah. um, the Mummy, the foretold, um, is a legend in a lot of ways. It's a legendary creature, and it it's is. also just a great guy uh. too. Um, and there's also the fact that this in this season, um, there's a permeating idea of sorry, our cat. Yeah, it's, just it's, it's okay. Making herself present right now. Say hello, yeah. Victoria. Mao. That was her saying hello. Anyway, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's a really big theme of the Doctor being a role that's played by this person rather than like being the person. And All right. The Twelfth Doctor, in his first season in particular, he's like trying to find out what that even means anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely lost his way, I think, mm-hmm. as and, the uh, Doctor. And in this one, um, they kind of... Because like an antagonist in any story... Sorry to get into like literary, but they both. No, an antagonist is meant to challenge the protagonist in like interesting ways. Yeah. And like the mummy is challenging the Doctor in the sense that they're both kind of legendary figures who are playing a role that they've kind of feel that they've been forced into. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Do we ever find out who Gus is? Like, is Gus an actual computer program that someone's taken over? Or is Gus, like, a person? I don't know. They never really... I'm sure that on the TARDIS wiki there's, like, an actual big finish or, like, the comics explained it. Yeah, because I, I would like to know, like, if, any, like know if anyone well. knows... Um, because I don't, I don't think they've ever touched upon it. No, they never did. It's like the Minister of War is something that was just never really brought back or jumped on. You know what I mean? I, you know, I actually was thinking while we were watching, um, what would be a cool reveal? 
Yeah. Um, is if it was the Rani. Why? Because the Rani is um, meant to be a villain that's fundamentally a scientist. Yeah. And it's giant. <laughs> it's a giant experiment. Like it's a giant thing that, that that's being done over and over and over again to achieve the result of like understanding the foretold and being able to harness and reverse engineer its abilities and it just like if I was writing a Rani story that's the kind of thing that I would do yeah it's like because the, the Rani isn't the master they're not trying to like conquer they just want to understand more they're, they're searching for knowledge mm-hmm. so I don't know that was just something that occurred to me though. okay so yeah maybe Gus is the Rani maybe yeah I know <laughs> I mean if you take out a few letters and you add a few letters oh my god then it does spell master so yeah that's, that's obviously true. a bit of a, a bit of a wrench in my theory that's canon there that is canon um <laughs> <laughs> um so another thing um another positive would be uh the visuals in this episode and um everyone's outfits very much on point I love how classy and warm everything feels. This episode is fucking gorgeous. Um, it's got very old Who vibes, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of references to uh, Tom Baker as well, because um, there's a point where Peter Capaldi actually talks to himself in Tom Baker's voice. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there were a couple others. There were. He goes into like 11 for a bit as well. Yeah. At one point, yeah. It's after um, the people get like, it's after the cooking stuff gets spaced. Oh, okay. Yeah, he like very quickly like goes into Matt Smith's speech patterns. He's really good at doing Matt Smith's speech patterns. Actually, he does it quite a lot in deep breath. Yeah, it seems like he's good at impressions in general. He is. He's he's really good at like taking little touches of um, the previous actors to play the Doctor's performance, mm-hmm. and just like really seamlessly inserting it into his performance where it doesn't feel like an impression. Yeah. But, like, if you're looking out for it, you can see, like, oh, he took that little bit of cadence from, like, Trouter and the one. He takes a lot from, like, the New Who Doctors. Yeah. Uh, he takes a lot from David Tennant. We like, saw a lot, lot. A lot of David Tennant in his performance. We saw a lot of um, Malcolm Tucker in mm-hmm. there as well. Yeah, we um, did. He went full Tucker at one point. Yeah, yeah. he really did. He was in Turbo. <laughs> It's just like he forgets a lot that these are just normal people who don't see death every day. You know what I mean? They're just like rich assholes. Like <laughs> this, um, this doctor has a lot of like failures of empathy. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think this episode is a major tor- turning point in that though. Yeah. Um, because he finally opens up to Clara about why he does the things that he does and she finally has like that understanding and with that it kind of opens him up and like someone else can carry that burden with him I don't know if that's making sense it is I'm Um, sorry I agree yeah Um, your face is distant yeah, <laughs> I just have that face though. That's just my face. I don't know. What did you want to add? It's the one I regenerated into this time. I guess mm-hmm. I wanted to say um, the lesson that Clara takes. I agree with everything you said. I wanted yeah. to add on to that as well though. That she kind of learns the wrong lessons in a few ways from this when she like sits down on 
Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah, like if sure. you watch the um if you watch the next episode, the lessons she seems to take is when he's talking about how like sometimes the choices you have to make morally are like bad, but they're the only choices you have and you have to choose. Yeah. Because the only way for evil to like succeed is for good people to not do anything. Yeah. You have to act even if it's like a horrible, ugly thing. What she took from that is that oh it's like cool and morally ambiguous and stuff. To I do that. I don't know. I'm because just, if I you don't watch, know if I agree with that. I think so because if you watch the next episode where she's like acting as the doctor, yeah, those are the lessons she seems to take from this. It's like you're. It's not that you you have to make that choice for everyone to live. It's that you're making the calculation that these people's like states mentally aren't worth it if you're weighing that against keeping them alive. That's yeah. the wrong lesson that she learns from this. I feel. I think in the episode that you're talking about, the um, the boneless episode. Flatline, yeah. Um, I think that it's just the Doctor doesn't like to see his own reflection. That's also part of it, yeah. Well, we're going to review that at some point, by the way. Um, because, <laughs> because his whole struggle is, am I a good man? You know what I mean? And... Um... I don't know. I just, I feel like this episode is a real turning point in him becoming that good man. Mm-hmm. Because then you're talking about the next episode. So in that next episode, he kind of realizes what he does wrong through Clara. When do you and think he does become you- the good man? When do you think he finally, like, achieves that self-realization? Um... I think probably at the end of the next episode. Um, I think you were saying it before that these kind of feel like companion pieces. I think we should do um, a review of that next episode. Is it when he steps out of the TARDIS and he's like, I'm sending you back to your own dimension! Yeah, well, it's that whole speech beforehand. You know, he was just like, you know, I've tried to reach out, I've tried to do this and that and this, and, you know, like, I don't think you guys care. And Tying it back to the meta-themes that you brought up before. Mm-hmm. You're a fucking genius, by the way. Hey, hey. It all goes in together, because what does he say then? He says, you are monsters. That is the role you seem determined to play. Yeah. And so it seems that I must play mine. Mm-hmm. And that goes right into like what we were saying before. About yeah. All this stuff. This this is such a good run. <laughs> <laughs> it like takes a while to like get it, but once you get into this one, like once you've rewatched it a couple of times, is honestly like the best run of Doctor Who, maybe. Yeah. Maybe this either this one or like the third Doctor's run. I think to, me, to, like the best runs in Doctor Who. To add to um my point before, um, the fact that he's willing to um, sacrifice people and had Clara lie for him and I understand there was reasons behind it but like he he um, I think this is like his darkest moment I think like so. this is the furthest he's gone the coldest he's been and I think it was because he felt like he had nothing more to lose because Clara was leaving. I think so, too. And for her to stay, it's like, well, I can keep working on myself now. Like, I have I have something. 
I think that's like a like a big step in his character development. You just blew my fucking mind, bro. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Fuck, I, I never even thought about that. Oh, okay. Like the, what you were saying about how, like, because he thought she was leaving. Yeah. He was like going down, like, an even, like probably the darkest path we've seen him go down. Yeah, I mean, he was willing to to die in that moment. If he didn't figure it out, he was like two seconds away from getting touched by that mummy. I'm sorry, you just completely like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, like it, it's it's like his darkest moment almost, and this is, I think, a turning point. For <laughs> all him. right, all right, all right. Quoted the thick of it again. Okay. It's his darkest moment so far. <laughs> <laughs> He crosses over that. If this is like his threshold that we see in this one, yeah. There's a couple of moments in the season after this mm-hmm. where he like leaps and bounds over this threshold. Oh yeah, I know. Well, I mean that's once that's again, because Clara yeah. is dead. Like, <laughs> there's a difference there. There's a complete difference there. That's another thing we need to do. Oh yeah. At some point we need to do the end of season nine. Mm-hmm. Alright, here's a hot take for you to get pissed about, maybe. Hell, heaven sent. Everyone agrees that one's amazing, right? Yeah. We'll talk about that one, because we got some stuff to say about that one. Um, we have a very interesting interpretation of that one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Hellbent is amazing. Uh- Hellbent is, like, spectacular. It's fucking heartbreaking. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that it couldn't be a load of dudes in robes talking <laughs> for 45 minutes. I'm sorry that your your Gallifrey run around was taken from you. Yeah. At the expense of character development. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, back to... Um... I'm sorry, but with, with 12, it's like hard because it's almost like one whole thing. Yeah. Like his arc, so it's hard not to veer into other episodes. Yeah, next point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's also interesting that we have another, um, soldier theme. Yes, yes it is, yes it is. Um, because the mummy, dun dun dun, turns out to be a soldier. And the only thing you have to say is, I surrender, we surrender, whatever you want to say, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But that deactivates him. I still... What is that little thing? Like, what is his little heart? Is it just like a transmitter? It was a mixture. It was all of the technology that was powering Molly. Like the, the, heart, the little heart thing was all of it. Yeah, I know. It was like a mixture of like a teleporter, like a reality phase transmogrify thingy. Like, it was a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Like, it was like TARDIS-tier technology. I know, because there's so crazy. many intricacies. Because <clears throat> it went from... Like physical disability to mental disability, mm-hmm. and I mean one is obviously easier than the other to um, to spot. Like I mean, the old lady went first, to obviously. Humans. Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> there would just be half. There, blah blah blah. There would have to be some element of telepathy there. So is someone? I mean, on the train. Okay, so... Is, um, is one of, the, like, the scientists one of the people? 
I am. I have. Um, I have a theory that just popped into my head thinking about this from like a soldier point of view. Mm-hmm. Like P- PTSD, right? Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. It's meant to be like a warrior, right? And it's got all of this technology, so we can assume that the people that made this would be just as advanced in terms of how they conduct warfare as the technology. Yeah. Okay. So what if it targeting the physically disabled? first and then going in for the psychological things is a tactical decision because mm-hmm. it knows that going after the obviously disabled people people aren't with the psychological problems aren't going to assume yeah that it's going to come after him for one thing so they're going to be off their guard mm-hmm. and secondly they're going to be panicking and their psychological problems are going to become more manifest because of that so if it's a soldier and its job is to slowly kill off everyone in its vicinity, yeah, then doing it that way is the most effective way, pragmatically, to do it. What if he ran out of fuel? Like, what if he found someone with, like, a mental fortitude? You know what I mean? No, it would, it, it, that's the order that it goes. Eventually it would just kill everyone. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because it, it just seemed like it needed a reason. No. That was just the, the order in which you get killed. Um, so hot take, um, another thing, I do not think that he saved everyone on that train. I think he saved everyone in that car. Yeah, I, I think, think it, everyone, everyone in, in that train. little room, yeah. Mm. I think it's possible he could have saved everyone. Hang on, I'm doing, I'm doing some thinking. Wait, 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 one second, one second, one second. Yeah, he could have, he, he would have saved everyone on the train. And the reason why is because in the time that he had between mm-hmm. the explosion and there, for him to get enough people, for that teleporter to be powerful enough to get everyone in that car to the TARDIS and away. Yeah. Because that's where he went. He got everyone into the TARDIS. No, I know that. It would have also had the range to cover the entire train. Mm-hmm. So he probably actually did manage to save everyone. See, what I was thinking is that it would like, it would lock on to him. So, I mean, obviously you got two hands. The engineer has been the closest to him this whole time. He grabs the engineer and Clara. They go to the TARDIS. I don't think so. Because, like, why Why wouldn't they have... <laughs> well, because, well, like, I'm just thinking, why wouldn't they have that scene at the end, like, Maisie saying, oh, thank you, or... You know what I'm saying? They only had the engineer. Because they wanted to be ambiguous about it. I don't know. I just I wish because I... they wanted people like us to theorize about it and have like opinions on it. They wanted yeah. it to be like open ended, and I like the fact that it was open ended because at the end of the day, the whole point of um, this run of Doctor Who is examining the Doctor's moral ambiguity. Yeah. So it really makes sense for this to have like an ambiguous ending of did he save them or didn't he? I personally think that he could have saved them because we know that that heart that the mummy has has mm-hmm. enough of a range to cover the entire breadth of the train. Yeah. So it's not too big. And we know it's, like, exceedingly fucking powerful because of how, like, ancient and advanced it is. And as we know, the ancient alien races in Doctor Who are all, like, incredibly powerful. Yeah. And if it came from one of them, probably came from the Asirons. You think so? Probably. It'd be fun. Uh-huh. Anyway. Anyway, no, the point is he probably could have saved them, whether he did mm-hmm. or not. That's another question. Um, the the reason I say it is just because their relationship 
is is really built on lies. I mean, it's very true. The ending of the episode is a giant lie. You know what I'm saying? So she's alone on the beach, not even with like the other people that she was on the train with. She can't say goodbye to them or anything. He set her up on the beach away from everyone and was just like hitting the sand with a stick just like oh, I don't know did I fuck this up I, I saved everybody I swear like <laughs> you know what I mean like it just it felt like he felt guilty to me <laughs> and it's it's just not out of the realm of possibility that he would lie about that to her to make her feel better it's not out of the realm of possibility no because, once again, it's like, it's a choice he had to make. It's save some or save none. Sometimes the only choices you have to make are bad ones. Exactly. And you still have to choose. And I think him saying that, it's like a, a duel. Like, he didn't save everyone on the train. He let those people die. Like, he could mean either or or both. I don't know. That's that's just me. That's that's my thing. Yeah. 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 yeah it's pretty cool. I'm I'm sorry. No, I just kind of went off on a a thing there. Well, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was pretty cool. It was a cool thing. Cool. Let's cool. talk about another cool thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of this episode overall? Um, overall, uh, I like it. I think. Because you know how I feel about it. I think that um, things could have been explored a little bit more. I think things were a little fast-paced. I don't like that Clara was, like, locked up for half the episode. And then all it took was the doctor hitting a button. And they were out. Like, that kind of... You know what I mean? It just felt like a bit of a waste there. But I guess... He couldn't kill people off with her looking. <laughs> so she's gotta stay in the closet. I liked Locked the, up with Sutek. I liked that though. I liked her being like locked in there because I feel like her being locked in there was the only way we were gonna get her like really, really thinking about the decision that she was gonna make. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I you know, like I, so, I, I liked it. Another thing that bothered me <laughs> was um, him whittling down people. <laughs> another thing that bothered me was um, when Maisie was walking down the hallway past Clara. She's got the shoe in her hand and the heel is face up. Right, you already know that she's gonna bash something. She goes up to the keypad and just starts hitting num- numbers, and then. Like, she hits the panel with the shoe, finally. Like, it came out of nowhere. Clara was just like, oh, or that. Just, like, you couldn't tell that she was going to fuck something up. Like, who right, with so her walking with purpose with a heel. Like, Can I give you my interpretation of that scene? Because I have thoughts about it. Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, um, I think that she's walking in, like, a trauma-induced daze and that. Oh, yeah, obviously. Check this, check this. Obviously, right? Yeah, she can't hear Clara. She's dissociating. I'm going to talk about it from from her perspective, and then I'm going to talk about it from Clara's perspective. Okay. Because I think the scene actually does make sense. 
Okay, here's, oh, okay. here's, here's, here's the deal, okay? Alrighty. From her perspective, she's walking through there in a trauma-induced daze, and when she, when Clara's, like, talking to her, at the point just before she puts the shoe down and starts, like, doing the tapping, yeah. she kind of gets snapped out of the daze, mm-hmm. and she starts trying to act with a semblance of normalcy. Yeah. And obviously, while that's happening, as we all with trauma know, mm-hmm. those bad, bad feels are bubbling up until you can't take them anymore and you have to do the thing. Yeah. From her perspective, that's why that's played out the way it did, right? Okay. From Clara's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. She walks in, she sees her, she sees her holding the shoe, right? Yeah. And as we know, Clara's, Clara is flip-flops, realistically, because people do this, between being very, very empathetic and completely failing to spot really obvious things with people because she's completely wrapped up in herself in that moment. Yeah. Okay? So here's the deal. She sees her holding the shoe. She doesn't think, oh, she's going in a fucking trauma trance. Mm -hmm. She thinks, oh, she's scared. She's probably holding that for self-defense. Yeah, maybe. So she's not... I got you. She's not, like, prepared for her to pick up the shoe and, like, smash it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, because that's not congruent to what she's expecting Maisie to do in that moment. Yeah. I got you. Especially because, like, she's an experienced companion of the Doctor, and she sees a lot of people reacting in the self-defense way, and not as many people, like, in the deep trauma way. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times, with her in 12 adventures, they don't stick around long enough for that. Or they're in, like, hyper-dangerous, fast-paced situations where there's no time for that. Yeah. Like... Well, usually the doctor is just leaving and she's just like, oh no, like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta get, totally get the... left here. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get on the TARDIS. Because he's Dr. Rick! <laughs> Didn't want to end up like Susan. That was crazy when he was the doctor and, like, there were all the Rick and Morty memes. <laughs> like, I see it, especially in his first season. Yeah, obviously. Um, the crazy hair. The crazy hair. <laughs> and the alcoholism. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um,. So, yeah, I, I love this one. Yeah, um, I like this one as well. I, I, it's as close to a 10 out of 10 as I get. Um, I think it's one of his best episodes. I think it's one of the best episodes of Doctor Who, period. I think it's a really good episode to start people on, on with Peter Capaldi. You think so? Yeah, because I think that... So, you would argue against it being it because, like, it's really intimately intertwined with, mm-hmm. like, the Doctor Companion relationship and where it's at in that moment. Right? That, that's not why I think it's bad. But why would you think it's bad? Um, it's just because I feel like it's showing like the worst aspect of the Doctor, and it's just like, well, I don't want to watch this asshole. <laughs> like I don't know, <laughs> like without context. I don't because I know? think it's like you watch because I think that what they were trying to go for was like um, the show House and the appeal the house has where it's like oh he's an asshole but like he's right all the time like yeah. you kind of want to be him mm-hmm. I think with that hearts of gold yeah with like a heart of gold though, hearts like, ha- what? hearts hearts yes hearts of gold yeah hearts of gold oh okay yeah yeah, yeah I get it now it's cause the doctor has two hearts fuck vroom <laughs> Thank um, you, thank you. Isn't it nice to be able to talk about an episode we enjoy? Yeah, I know. This is like a nice palate cleanser it's after different... flux. <laughs> I know, that's why we didn't make any content for a while. We're probably not going to do a review of um, Eva the Daleks. 
Yeah, well, I think we're we're done doing reviews of, of Jody. I think our next review, we're going to be doing some old who. Mm-hmm. So um, look forward to that. Follow we, us on... Um, we might do her regeneration episode. Oh, yeah. We might do that. Maybe. One. Maybe. Depending on who she regenerates into, like, we would like to uh, hear who you guys think. I think um, it's going to be Lydia West. Yeah? Yeah. I think that's the most likely... But, you know, the thing is, though, like, you never know. Apart from, like, when I... Because I, I, I kind of guessed it would be Peter Capaldi. But yeah. that's a story for another time. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> because because we, be Sylvester McCoy. That would be amazing. I'm here for it. That would be amazing. You know what would be really amazing? What? If it was William Hartnell. <laughs> that, that would be amazing, though, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, do, what, do we have any other thoughts? No, no. I know. Um, I feel like this is a good place to wrap up. I know. And... Summation. Um, Peter Capaldi is amazing in this episode. Clara um, is also. Jenna Coleman is yeah, amazing. I'm doing it. Maisie is amazing. Yeah. Jenna Coleman, for real, in this one. Um, I think she solidifies her place for me. This is maybe a controversial opinion, maybe not. I think in terms of the companion actors that we've had in Do Who, mm-hmm. she's the best one by like quite a bit. Yeah, she's um, very good with emotion acting. She's very good at um, playing the different layers of her character as well because Clara masks so much. And like sometimes Clara wears masks on top of masks. Yeah. And like she pulls all that off like really wonderfully. Mm-hmm. She's she... like a human doctor. In what way she is. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of her run. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know that. But, like, she's fantastic. I don't know. She's really good. Um, the supporting cast is all really, 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 really fucking good. Yeah, they're fun. They all stand out so well. Um, the chick mm-hmm. who plays Maisie does some stuff that usually is portrayed very poorly in Doctor Who. Um, parental abuse yeah. is usually horribly handled in Doctor Who. And that's something we might get into at some point. But in this, really tasteful. Really well done. Yeah. Really done very well in a lot of ways. Very impressed. Um, overall, like like I said before, like a 9.5 out of 10 probably. Yeah, I can, I can I get down with it. Maybe there's one or two lines that I thought were a bit on the nose. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I didn't really mind. And the stuff that was left open-ended, it's clearly left open-ended on purpose. Like, I liked it. Yeah. So, yeah, loved it. All Everybody right. was wonderful. Murray Gold's score in this is really good. We use quite a lot of the score for this in um, Something Blue Doctor Who. Which you guys should follow yeah. because we will be posting our Imzadi episodes on there as well. Yeah, and we've got season two coming soon. We're going to be dropping a trailer soon. Yeah. Very soon. If you follow us, you'll see it. Yeah, yeah we've got some real fun stuff. It'll be really it. cool. Yeah, it will. It really will. We Bye, everybody. Stay safe. Stay safe. We love you. Bye.